I met a man He was a good man Sailing and shoring Dancing the beta can-can Making the foreign Ah oh, yeah is I Hate LA. Today it's America Martin, the first native Angelino here on the podcast. She talks about a new form of sculpture she's working on, her super busy exhibition schedule, and just being a painter here in LA. This is America Martin. All right, it's America. America Martin, I'm so excited. I've been such a fan of your work for so many years and we're kind of in the same art world down there in Laguna and just the size of your work and your colors and your 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 homage to kind of the, the timeless 20th century masters like Matisse and Picasso and I, your work just pops. It always stands out to me and, and like the surfaces and, and but also um, just all of the, the the different dichotomy that you're working in now, including sculpture and stuff. So I, I just want to talk about your work and, and, and what are you working on right now? Oh, well, thank you very much. It's cool. Um, I'm trying to go into a, um, an only sculpture realm, like realm. I want to make sculpture in plaster and cement on a large scale, so I'm trying to figure out how to do that without too many huge braces in the inside. And um, Are you just teaching yourself, kind of? Yeah. And Because I've seen the foam. Right. So how we get, I mean, how did you even know how to do that? Like, I would not be able to, like, you just get this giant block of, is it styrofoam? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it archival? Is it, where do you get it? Right. Styrofoam is pretty much like the worst thing on the planet okay, for like so fishes and birds and stuff. And why buy more of it and make yeah. some more? But um, yeah, that's pretty much of a, a gross thing. But I remember being in college and they had uh, huge pieces of blue styrofoam uh, that was really fine. And um of course, you know, I never wore a mask at the time. I was just carving into it, yeah. but it was amazing and light and movable because I was also welding at the time. But I sort of re-found this place that makes recycled blocks of foam. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like a little less of an evil, yeah. but um, um, I basically just wanted to take, uh, do the takeaway method in sculpture as opposed to the adding like in welding, you're always adding yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. Or, so you carve it. Yeah, and so you, the takeaway method is really fun because it uses a different part of my head uh, in my brain because you have to envision where to cut and what the to negative do. space. Yeah. And are you using traditional sculpture type carving materials? Or you just kind of whatever you have. Um, well, yeah, I figured out like they so I found this this guy who sells foam. And um, I was like, so what do I cut it with? Yeah. He's like, oh, a saw. And I was like, right, cool. <laughs> so like, like a chainsaw? I, like, no, so I bought a little handsaw. Oh, okay. And I had like this four foot by eight foot block and spent, I think, 10 hours just sweating and then taking a break line on the floor, just yeah. panting because it takes so much effort to do this. To me, when I saw them, it, it, it almost, it feels like a riff on you know, like a Henry Moore or, or some, like an abstract manual Neary type of figurative sculpture, but 
because it's in foam, this recycled styrofoam, it's almost commenting on that a little bit for me. That's what that's how I saw it. Like well, that's really nice. <laughs> you know, it's like let's just make art out of this crap. Right. And right, and totally. it and it has this sort of like tangible softness to it or something mm. that it doesn't feel um super I don't want to use the word expensive, but like super fragile. Right. Or I don't know. It just feels right. like playful. Well, that's the whimsy. That's yeah. really cool. One of my favorite things about um, art that I find by other artists is the idea that, what? You can make it out of it? Sure. Like, like Cy Twombly. Like he, did, he did this whole series of paper towel rolls covered in just yeah. a little dribble of plaster and white paint. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's the most exciting thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's sitting on a podium in a museum. God. So you must have space. I, I mean, I've seen just, just I think, on Instagram, like, your space. And it seems phenomenal. How long have you been in that space? Um, I've been in that studio um, since about five years. Wow. Yeah. And it's in Silver Lake area, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It used to be an old drapery manufacturing warehouse. And I got it like five years ago and it was filled to the brim with, you know, I think, you know, tons and tons of dead stock of drapery and no ball bearings and all this stuff. And So it kind of had those weird bones to it, like yeah. a weird past that it must have been inspiring. Totally. And so that's your space. So you need space to do this kind of work. So you got to just deem yourself fortunate to have it. It must be a lot of work just to keep up and... and yeah. It took it took a bit to like get it build it all out yeah. because there was just only metal rafters, but um, it, it was really a fun project to put together. And now it's just a dream space. Um, nice. When I first got it, I tried to really open it up to other artists to show like a series of work that they were having at the yeah. time, yeah. so that they could get like a curator or a gallery okay. to come and look at it. And then I did that for a couple of years. And then I got to be like a ficus tree where I just sort of like started getting, <laughs> filling it up. Just growing with, every which yeah, way. Yeah, and just being like, wait a minute, I can do this like. and that. I have to come see it. That just Absolutely. It just sounds so inspiring. I uh, We moved to the valley and I have my home studio now. And it's, it is ideal. I mean, we kind of put up some drywall and hung some lights. And and so it's it's a functioning studio. But um, yeah, you know, I, I do miss the days where I used to have a studio downtown where I would kind of go to work every day. Like I would drive. You to didn't the studio, live there, right? right? Right. And it felt like putting in a day's work. Right. Now it's like I'm living with my work, which is also a benefit. But oh, man, like my mornings kind of just trickle along. Cause it's <laughs> so hard to like kind of really get started. Once I once I start, it's fine. Sure. But like to actually start when you're working from home, I've found to be challenging and it's you're retrievable someone's like hey actually can sure. you help me out with this and you're like oh yeah, yeah. put this down you go and yeah. you tend to life I know like uh, I always think it's such a luxury to be able to have this space I've had such so many different um, kinds of studios over the years I've had like you know my kitchen and where like if I did an arch my back would touch the other wall you yeah. know and then to garages and um, on and on, but um, this is a, it's a dream, but I also live there, so it's... Oh, you do live there? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that. Oh, okay. It is this thing where, like, there's some days where I'll be like, wow, it's really cold, and I just want to lay in bed and watch this Netflix, and yeah. I'm like, 
don't you do that. You get back <laughs> in there and finish varnishing and, you know, yeah. and I, you got to be really strict with yourself. You must have a, a separate space, though, with all your varnishings and everything, or do you kind of... No, I built a, I mean, I built a kitchen and I built a bathroom. Um, I built a, I have a triangle room, uh, basically. I just built a, a wall over one corner. Wow. And uh, it's it feels very nice and ladylike in there, but I do have to go to bed sometimes with a gas mask, which is annoying. So I'm I'm looking forward to not living there sometime. <laughs> I used to man, that reminds me of college where I'd be like, you know, smoking cigarettes, like you know, accidentally taking a sip of turpentine, you know. Oh yeah. Like the oil paints in my like tiny, you know eight foot by 10 foot room and that was it. That was like my whole life, you know, right. my whole San Francisco apartment. Right. So I could see that, how that could, yeah, wear you out a little bit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, just be careful with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, Will do, thank you. And you're, you're the first native we've had. You're a native Angelino. I am. So where'd you grow up? Where, did, where, where were you born? I was born um, on a kitchen table at Ho on Hoover Street, <laughs> wow. in uh, really close to where I actually live now. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God, what high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Crossroads, actually. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love that school. There's a lot, there's some, there's some alumni there. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of good people that came out of that school. That's amazing. So that kind of was fertile ground for you to be a creative person. And I'm, totally. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm sure your parents maybe probably influenced you with that, or you grew up in a creative household? Or? Definitely, yeah, my uh, stepfather um, um, is a musician. He went to Juilliard when he was like seven. Wow. And he plays a viola in class, he does classical music. Um, and my mother uh, is a writer, but she uh, runs a nonprofit called Harmony Project. She teaches music to inner city kids. Oh, wow. And it's cool. Wow. I lucked out on the parent department for sure. Yeah, yeah, my mom is an artist. Or she went to Moore College of Art in Philadelphia. It was an all-female art school, 1970. And oh, she nice. has stories like, yeah, it was... Is she a painter? She, well, you know, she does like a lot of uh, water media, like gouache and watercolor and pen and ink she specialized in. And she's an art educator now. Um, but she used to tell me stories of, um, you know... 1970 art school feminist so right, she was right. like a little yeah she was actually a little freaked out by the whole thing so she didn't stay but man I don't, she wasn't as liberal as the she, no, that was going no, down she i think she like owned a razor and i you know <laughs> <laughs> right right see that's interesting the the genes of being an artist sometimes yeah. they are passed down but sometimes well, totally not. I, I think I grew up, you probably grew up with art around you mm -hmm. and you grew up thinking that incorporating the arts in your life was completely normal and you didn't really know any better. And I mean, at least for me, it was like, okay, well, this is an accepted lifestyle kind of. And uh, I don't know. No, I, I know. It's really, we're, we're really lucky in that bit because like some people, they are like, it's ingrained somewhere as, as common as the cereal you eat in the morning yeah. that oh that's nice to do but you're not gonna be make, able to make a living sure. at it and to have something uh, so disenchanting uh, to something you care about ingrained in you at a young age you know either makes you got to wor work really hard for it or you know uh, give it up altogether which is a bummer yeah well do you, do you see yourself 
anywhere else other than LA? I mean, it sounds like you've been here your whole life. You, you must love it. I, I know, right? This this is called I hate LA. I, I do I do love LA. I mean, I, I every time I fly back into Los Angeles, I look at this big gray cement pad and I go, what? <laughs> yeah. I live here? Yeah. Where is the green? Where yeah. is the water? And yes, there's water over there, but the only you know little blue bits are the pools you see flying over, and uh, palm trees are nice, but you know, yeah. you, you don't see the seasons. But I, the reason why I love Los Angeles is, uh, you know, there's like this odd, dreamy stardust in the dirt where people come here to do something. Same. And uh, and you know they. They think this is a place that's going to give them yeah. an up. Yeah. And if you can, it's almost like something holy. Like if someone believes something has powers to it, they come to it and make little prayers. And I think that that's, it's a nice thing. That's beautiful. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I have the same sentiments. I've never said it quite that way, but there is this like holy soil here. And LA loves its artists. It embraces its stars. I mean, it, you know, trumps anything really, and but there is something in the air that people just appreciate the arts here. Um, for me, it's the light. I mean, for me, it's the never-ending landscape. You know, full of inspiration. Um, the light. That's interesting. Yeah, in your work, I've seen that. I don't paint with uh, that kind of element, but in your work, that must. Yeah, make I've tried. I mean, I, I love traveling, and and I love seeing the landscape uh, in other areas. But I just, I can't get that diffused hint of smog, <laughs> kind of low light. Right. It has this that noir vintage <laughs> quality that just emanates in my work. That yeah, I mean, I was just on the East Coast, and I was just like, meh. Right. I can't paint these trees. I can't. Right. I, I, these trees are too green, or this 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 air is too crisp, and uh, right. these houses are a little too old for me. And uh, it makes for more of those awesome David Hockney landscapes. Well, yeah, and I love it, for me to even you know, be named in the same breath is great. Just to be kind of in the tradition of that, though, like mm -hmm. the tradition of California painters who, you know, just paint, just paint. Los Angeles, yeah, uh, in its grit and, and, and in its glory, and your your work, your your figures, both male and female, just have these bold lines and super bold colors that. I think when when reading about you, people always reference that you're Colombian because they do um, they they do have that sort of South American vibe a little bit to me mm. you know with a line in the color and yeah. stuff and but um but certainly you're born here but it was that an influence um uh, who's I, colombian your mom my or your father my, okay my real father okay i'm real father, as opposed to real father. <laughs> but yeah um he's colombian and i guess i actually um started looking at colombian artwork way later Okay. And when I had heard references of that, and I was like, oh, well, this must be something that's, you know, like in your thumbprint that you can't really tear away from or something. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's weird how that worked out. Right. I thought it was much more deliberate, but I guess not. Yeah, no, I think like, you know, maybe if you come from Italy, like you lean towards, you know, yellow tanned walls. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's certainly in your blood. 
do you uh, do you work for models? Do you have reference? Are they are they completely spontaneous? The work? Do, uh, how do you work? Like let's yeah. say a, 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 your large scale figurative paintings. Um, I've always worked from the figure, so I have friends that come in and pose mm -hmm. for me, and then I'll take photographs and sometimes work from the photograph. But I've been doing the the. I've been working from like the live form since I was like nine, mm -hmm. so it's one of these things that's, it's like, it's ingrained in me. Like when I am frustrated with making some sort of form of art, I'll go whoa whoa whoa. Let's just let's just draw some big hips and some big stretched out feet or something. Yeah, and, I love those feet. Like, and just retry to look at the form in a new way and break down my perspective in another way, and uh, almost. Like, you know, like abstract art of the figure is, I love that. I don't do it that much, but I love it because it's just looking at one aspect of the form yeah. and drawing it over and over and over again or looking at it where your eyes become giant x-ray machines and you just see yeah. shapes out of the form. Do you just have, I'm just so curious about your process because mm -hmm. as as a painter, you know, do you just roll out the canvas? It seems like you just, because some of your works are so large. Yeah, no, I love to work big. And then? I, I, I found this awesome woman. It's called Canvas For You. Uh, I always try to share other, yeah. like, you know, where you get materials and stuff. But um, it's um, where you can buy canvas on the roll for really cheap. And cool. it's really great quality and, um, yeah. So oh, I, nice. buy, I, I do big rolls of canvas and I roll it out, staple it on drywall uh -huh. and um, paint and then varnish and then build a stretcher bar for it then. What varnish are you using, if you don't mind me asking? Oh yeah, no, uh, Liquitex and Golden. The big five gallon, I'm not five gallon, the big gallon one. Oh, so is it acrylic? Yeah, I do acrylic and oil mixed. Um, I do acrylic paint and then oil paint or oil bars and then because they hate each other I varnish over them mm -hmm. and um, it kind of like formaldehydes it and mummifies it and really? it's also like UV protective so so those big old vats of that Liquitex gloss varnish. yeah yeah all right yeah because that's what I noticed you know, first when I've seen them at Joanne's, I'm like, oh man, I those I just want to lick, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to like, they they just have such a spectacular um, presence. Oh, and red. I don't know for for a more traditional oil painting, I can't get away with such a slick varnish. Sure. It just sure. looks too traditional. But also the the way the way you paint. I mean, it's you. I didn't know you use oil, but that makes so much sense because it is. Like less about the viscosity of it and more about your, like your planes of color. A haze and softness, yeah. and and sometimes the varnish kind of makes it too shiny, and and you can't see the nuance of the transitions of colors, and then it kind of throws it more into this traditional realm and this and that. But you've you've somehow mastered how to do uh, this abstraction of the figure, bold colors usually a really substantial scale and then the really shiny finish and it kind of, you know, it just works. Well, that's so. rad. Thanks. Yeah. No, I love it. Everybody loves it. Well, <laughs> I mean, they look, they look good. Um, do you paint with, I'm sorry, do you paint with a, a spackle knife? 
Or do you do brush? No, usually just brush. You know, I go to the hardware store and pick up like a bunch of cheap brushes mm -hmm. to get soft edges, and then I'll just pick out a couple like nicer Filbert style, you know, traditional oil painting brushes. Right. So, I mean, I'm not a huge stickler on materials. It's usually yeah, whatever yeah. I have. Totally. I've been going to Home Depot and just buying um, cabinet boards and gessoing those. Yeah. And, you know, once they're framed, they're of course, Archi framing is the bra to all things. Yeah, it's totally archival and it's fine. And and uh, but I do like painting on wood now better than canvas. And um, but like you, you know, I just fluctuate, and then it's kind of whatever I have. And I have been experimenting with with those oil bars in my abstract work a lot. Cool. It's hard. I I'm tempted to like do Basquiat type like lettering, and I I have a I don't know. I used to be into graffiti and stuff, so I just have this like tendency to just like literally like write graffiti on my abstract yeah. painting sometimes. So I'm like trying to scale that back and then just do like kind of line work with those big juicy, unctuous yeah. R&F paint bars, those oh, sticks. Oh, yeah, I know. Those are I'll so treat lovely. myself to one of those like every month or two. So and delicious. Just, and then I go through them. Like I just, oh, yeah. you know, I know. Like, crap. Yeah, no, that nothing's worse done. than when like you're not feeling it and you're like, I just squeezed like a lot of dollars into <laughs> nothing. Well, you could always use paint over. I mean, of course. my painting over days are, are almost daily. Um, Have you ever heard of crink? No, what's that? It's this uh, graffiti. It was made for, I don't know. I don't actually have the past origin on it, but people have used it for writing on walls and yeah. freight cars. But um, it's like really kind of stinky, but it's amazing oil, stinky ink. Ah. And uh, it's really fluid. And oh, yeah. I recommend it. You should check it out. Oh, sounds so fun. So, like, because your work for me just seems like you're having fun. Like, it just, yeah. yeah, like, like just from what you just said, it's like, you know, like, let's just go big, let's just have fun, let's experiment, let's spend 10 hours carving away at this. Yeah, and then cut it all up and start again. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just so inspiring. So you've been fortunate enough to have quite a few galleries. Uh, you're, in, you're in Palm Desert, you're in Laguna, where else? Um, I have a gallery in uh, Taos, New Mexico. Oh, which one's up? Uh, the 203 Gallery. Yeah, I um, want to go there. What? I, I, I've just driven through Albuquerque quite a few times. But. Taos is an awesome little town. Um, yeah. It's really beautiful. And um, it's it was started by like expat artists almost. And, right, uh, Society6 or yeah, yeah, those guys and, and no one out there. Paris Moderns. And, um, and so then it's still like filled with people who don't want to deal with normal life and so cool. have a, like a quieter pace and make art. And so people actually like, you know, look you in the eye and talk to you and oh, man. take lunch breaks and take stuff like this. Take me there, <laughs> sign awesome. me up, yeah. Um, also have a gallery in Atlanta, um, two galleries, and um, one in Maine, Carver Hill Gallery. I like to find galleries or places I like to go to. Yeah. So then it's like, it's a uh -huh. double, a double winnie sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you want to have to like actually go hang out there. Yeah. yeah get some dinner there or something. Yeah, and then nice. yeah, Laguna, the Joan Artman Gallery. She's got one in New York, and. Um, yeah, so you're having Laguna. a show in New York. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. How does she do that? How does she manage both galleries? It's amazing. She's like, uh, she's, she's a hard worker. Super yeah. hustle. Yeah. Uh, it just seems so cool. How how's the space out there? Is it similar to the Laguna space? Um, yeah, yeah. Here? It's in Chelsea. Um, it's right by the High Line, and um, it's it's great. It's on a whole row, so when they have you know art 
openings. It's fun to go poke your nose in all the other ones. Yeah. So your show in New York is when? February 8th. And that's going to be mostly your sculpture work or? No, it's going to be canvas, mostly canvas and like one sculpture and oh, some cool. paper. Yeah, sort of the usual. Nice. Um, I'm the, the, saving sort of a, an only sculpture show when I've actually like digested these mediums that I have like three that I like. You know? Okay, so foam and what else? Well, I mean, whatever they'll be. Like I did a sculpture that was made out of AstroTurf before that was really fun. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Um, but like, I just want to try and, you know, you gotta, you gotta mix things up. Yeah, that's inspiring to hear because I mean, I do my both abstract and representational work and you know, it makes perfect sense to me because I, I need to do them both. They inform each other, they're of the same, Totally. Pretty much the same genre. It's just one has representational qualities, one doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty much the same palette. Um, I'm a little thicker with the abstracts, but overall, you know, and, and I just love the way they look together. Yeah. But I need to do that in order to keep me fresh. Right, because one opens up ideas for the other totally. while you're not doing the other, and vice versa. And so my biggest challenge is to trying, and, and this has been about a five-year sort of journey for me, is trying to figure out how to merge. Mm -hmm. And I'm very influenced by Bay Area abstraction. I went to school in San Francisco where I was, you know, introduced, obviously, to Demon Corn and and, and the David Parks and, and oh Elmer Bischoff. Park? And, David Park is like, roll me over. Yeah, it's like when I see that painting, I'm like, okay, well, if if I'm gonna paint, I'm gonna just paint like that. Totally. You know, and, and I've tried and I do, or I, but we, yeah, we all have these mushed up brains full of just inspiration and our own past. And so it's like whatever comes out, comes out. Right. You can't completely mimic somebody. But that's, but that's the thing, like um, I always wanted like, when I talk to other artists and I don't have enough painter friends. All my friends are writers, musicians. Yeah, me too. That's actors. what happens in LA. We have to meet more. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's meet, let's start yeah. a club of like painters. Down. Let's do that. Perfect. Because we'll have like, uh, like a monthly dinner okay. where we get together at my studio and we talk just painting. Let's do it. I met a couple people downtown. My friend took me to the brewery Yeah. and it was just a little holiday gathering and I was sitting around only painters and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I was like, Wait a second. Um, oh, you do woodblock prints? Uh, do you wet your paper? Oh, you use a press? Are oh, you monoprinting? Talking about Dave Leffner, probably. And just like I got so like goo goo gaga about just having these words come out because you know it's that's how San Francisco was talk, for me. But... Every single person was a painter, <laughs> well, a skateboarder, DJ, and and painter, and and we were all like it was such a homogeneous culture right. back in the late nineties early 2000s and then when I came down here you know it's like actors down here like everybody's kind of an sure. actor sure. I was the total anomaly right. a painter an yeah. oil painter totally like and I liked it actually of coming from San Francisco because I was kind of deemed this rare breed a bit special people actually weren't as familiar with my genre of art and right. so people were kind of like I, you know, I always got kind of a decent response. Sure. At least at a little whatever get together or something. <laughs> um, but it's a good idea to get, you know, because we need each other. We need a bouncy. We we need to kind of validate that we're not crazy to each other, but sure. also support each other and like. And also like that, it's just like anything else. There must be some sort of good pheromone, you know, phosphorescent energy to be around other painters. Yeah. 
You know, I thought when I went to college, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be around people that only are like focused and want to like make art all the time. And I realized that it was just like high school and people uh, just wanted to hang out and then make art on the side. And I was the opposite. I wanted to make art and hang out on the side. Yeah. Where was that? Uh, Boston Museum School. Oh, what's that? Um, it's a school across from the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. Wow. Across from Fenway Park. Okay. It's a really cool, uh, small liberal arts school, but it's basically like the academics are on the side and okay. art is the feature. So were you traditionally trained there or was it more of a contemporary? It was more like you didn't have to pick a major. You could just, so I, I did welding furniture design, photography, wow. you know, printmaking, all of it. I was sort of more trained, if you will. I apprenticed with a professor from Art Center on the side from 9 to 18, uh, 17. So he gave me like my little bread and bones and this was yeah. more of like a playground. So the native Angelino goes to Boston. Yeah. You must have loved it. I mean, it's a great, it's like one of the best college towns. Uh, I, yeah, it, it was, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a, like a, a history buff. I love yeah. history. So being in the place where Benjamin Franklin yeah. spat on the sidewalk, I thought that was really cool. But um, I was broke as a joke. So I had yeah. two jobs and, you know, worked my, my tail off. That's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Same, like I worked at... And it was cold. 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 Angelino coming to a place where there's snow and wind. Yeah. And I had Converse in flip flops. Doesn't it's really. It's sixty fly. degrees here today. I'm freezing. Exactly. Free. Woke up freezing. <laughs> yeah. We're so soft out here. I was just. I was actually just in Boston, and it's such a great town, and it's kind of similar scale to San Francisco, where it's like walkable and it's very doable. Like you could kind of like do the whole city. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a day or two, and, and, and the tradition and the history of people there, and the sports and the culture. And I don't know, I just, I kind of, I love Philadelphia and Boston and San Francisco, kind of smaller scale big cities, I guess. Yeah. That are just rich in history and have bridges and yeah. <laughs> have museums. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, for me, San Francisco got really small. Sure. And, um, I miss it so much, uh, but it just got, it just, it, I don't know. It just, it, moving to LA was like, oh my God, I felt like the sky was the limit. I truly did. That's I felt, so cool. I felt like, okay, anything is possible here. The people here are amazing. It goes on forever. But with that, you know, all of like the, I didn't have a car. I, I was like, okay, you know, I want to move to LA and, and I don't need a car. Right. I'm fine, because I was living up there, and I was like, no, 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 cars are for lame. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Venice Beach. I was like, I'll just gonna, I'm just going to figure out how to walk around everywhere. That did not last. I know. You do have to have a car in LA, kind of. You do. Sure. But I, see, I admire people like you that actually are not, aren't, aren't from here, but make Los Angeles become their home. Because I feel like that weirdo who's like, I was never born anywhere else but here, and I'll uh. leave this place. I mean, I've lived other places, but... Um, but I, can you see yourself like in 10 years or even 20 years somewhere else? Well, absolutely. I think of all the time like, wait, what am I doing here? I need to move to Maine or Oregon, someplace where I just yeah. need to grow vegetables and, you know, make babies and yeah. put my nose in the dirt. Like that yeah. sounds like heaven. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, I spent half my family's 
lives in Europe, in France, and I remember one time, it was like, I don't know, eight in the morning, and I said, hey, can I get a taxi? And they're like, no, it's impossible. And I was like, in French, you know, back and forth, and I was like, what do you mean impossible? And they're like, this is impossible. And I go, there are nine districts of Paris. Like, there's no way I can get a taxi for many of them. They're like, no, it's impossible. And I was like, all right, Los Angeles, I can get someone in a Barney <laughs> suit at 4 a.m. with a candy cane in yep. summer. And I enjoy that, that, that freedom and that What's power. What's up with France? They're just kind of, they just, they're just a little bit stuck in there. They're just a little No, the French are too great. Proud. I love it. <laughs> they're just, they just are like, that sounds difficult and I don't want to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I admire I that. I admire that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, uh, that sounds like my wife. She would just love that. <laughs> that's where she wants to go. Well, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, we, you know, we have our five-year-old daughter, and it's like, are we staying here? You know? Right, right. What does your wife do? She's an event producer, so she works. So she has to be where people throw events. And that is Los Angeles. I know, because I was like, well, you could do what you do pretty much anywhere. I mean, I don't think so. No. I've, I mean, I've thought about it, and and uh, I would have to come back here a lot and take some reference photos. Right, and, right, right. And I mean, I, my work would change, and that would be, that would be nice. But um, I also teach here, and um, it's actually hard to find a certain clientele that would take my classes and, and appreciate my classes right. and stick with me right. other than a town like LA. Because right. it's, it's expensive and yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, but we we think about all the time. It's like where can we go? What can we do? I mean just the cost of living and and you know, our child and and um, her work schedule is crazy and sure. she's so successful, but it's like, are, can we keep doing this forever? And Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, see, that's the thing where then, uh, you know, Airbnbs, yeah. they are like a really wonderful teaser to look at things and go, wait a minute, you pretend, I don't need to like tap out and have, you know, buy a place somewhere. Let's take a week and go live in this place yeah. and just pretend we live there and like yeah. go find like the bodega and yeah. you buy your cucumber and your tomato and I love doing that. That's just yeah, you're kind of like then you can house. balance. Yeah, you can balance it out. Yeah, we've done that in New York just a little bit a long time ago and uh, it's fun. But yeah, I mean we I mean we're, we're lucky. I mean you know you must feel lucky to have your space and totally certainly yeah. your career and. And it's an amazing blessing I get to do what I love to do. Yeah. And when it's difficult or challenging, I go, all right, all right, that's enough. You get, start doing it. But, you know, you, it's everything, once you do it for long enough, has its own little pitfalls. But then that's why you have to keep on challenging yourself and pushing into new Right, so what else do you do? Do you do anything else? Do you, do you ever feel like you need to just completely... I don't know, like do a workshop or or write or or do uh, I don't know, make coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Like like for me, like I need to get out of the studio at least twice a week. Oh yeah, you seem so immersed in your work and you, yeah. the hours that you spend on it. Um, it you're obviously full time, but like, what what else do you do? Do you um, well, that's why I've I've I make a point of like uh, having. Like, well, I need to get out of the studio, and I do do that. I go and I take photographs around Los, An Los Angeles, yeah. and I love doing that. 
um, that's like one little aspect that I'm excited for 2018. I'm gonna um, start actually doing photography or incorporating photography in like my process, which is really exciting. But um, on the side, um, I love um, getting people together in the studio who are like writers. I I host like uh, table reads where oh nice someone is a you know they write they've written a pilot. You know, I have two friends that are writers together, and then they do a table read and try it out, or poetry readings, and actually hearing other artists work live in front of me makes me go, oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah. it's, this is so, this is inspiring. Magical, to see yeah. other people making art inspires me. And to be able to, like, help make that happen is really cool for me. Um, but... Yeah, no, you have to mix it up. You have to be interested in what else is going around and on. Otherwise, right. you're just like a person in front of a mirror. Just it's easy to get isolated. Yeah, yeah, and it's ridiculous. And then, <laughs> and then it's hard to. Well, I I just get in my own head of like, you know, is my work good? Does anybody like it? You know, sure, like, sure. Well, that's and, the thing. I that's like uh, to as a fine artist, you have. You have to remember that like art is like uh, eggs. I think of this analog analogy a lot. <coughs> if you look at an egg or think about an egg long enough, when you're hungry, it seems like the worst idea ever to eat it. Yeah. You're like, where does this come from? What the texture isn't that great. You know, is it going to give me that much protein? But then you just were like, no, I'm going to eat it and be done with it. And like art, if you think about is anyone going to like this? Is this very good? It becomes a ridiculous, ridiculous concept, and That's you have great. to like yep. just get over yourself and just do it because it begets another idea. Just which crack the egg. Gets another idea. Yeah. Just get to work. I mean, that's why I, I, I started this podcast too. It's like just get to work. Just get out there and like I don't know. It's like, so cool. Well, because I was thinking like okay, yeah. nobody's going to listen to this. Sure. <laughs> this is stupid. Everybody is having a podcast, and but like what? No, 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 no. Just do it. No, and like that's the, the thing, no one's going to be doing what you do ever. And that's the True. best thing. Your shadow is your own shadow. And if everyone walked around going, my shadow looks a little bit like his shadow, we would all stand under giant trees and have no shadow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Man, write these down, eggs and shadows. I love it. <laughs> You're full of them. What is your ideal day in L.A.? It's just, you know, sunrise to sunset, your ideal day. Oh, wow. Um, ideal day in LA would be to wake up, to make some tea, um, work a little bit on a sculpture or painting, but working in a way where I just finished the piece and I'm happy about it. And then start something else that I'm so excited about and know that in a couple hours I'm going to go meet some friends that I really enjoy the company of and we're going to do something outside collaborative, fun, and then to go do something else, collaborative, fun, and um, drink a Guinness and go to bed. Guinness. <laughs> Guinness draft? Yeah. Or stout? Like just oh, no. Draft, please. Wow. <laughs> All right. I love it. That's a, a day, not the day, but that would be, that would be, a, that'd be a nice day. I've asked this to, I've asked all of my guests, and it always involves alcohol, but you're the first Guinness. <laughs> we've had rosé, <laughs> we've had scotch, so I'm happy to get a Guinness draft in this one. That's, um, so, that's so sad that 
every factor. Yep. No, everything has been pretty similar too. No, I bet. You know, there's this. Have you ever read this book called um, 365 Artists? No. I recommend it. It's, okay. Um, I I listen to audiobooks when I paint. Yeah. So it's like I'll go through like 200 to 250 books. It, like instead of shoes, as a girl, I I buy audiobooks. It's like an addiction. Everything from like Winston Churchill's speeches to Harry Potter, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, like, but um, there's, and then Harvard, Harvard lessons and all this stuff. But there's this one book and it goes over 365 artists, everyone from, you know, Michelangelo to a performance yeah. choreographer in New York from the 80s. Um, and every it really bummed me out. Every single one of them was uh, used some form of like alcohol or drugs, like as their um, Lance Armstrong oomph. Yeah. And like, and I was like, wait a minute, what about the natural unicorn power that's in all of us? Yeah. And um, anyway, yeah, it was it was interesting now. We all have our vices. I know. Yes. I guess somebody without any vices, that was a little scarier. So if you could just kind of manage your vices, I guess we're all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got your show at Joanne Artman in Chelsea, February. Anything else to look for you in 2018? Um, yeah, I got then a show in March at the Laguna Joanne wow. Artman Gallery. And, um, and then I've got a show in Atlanta and Austin, Texas. And um, at the uh, Palm Desert in Palm Springs. Oh my God! Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun. That's uh, amazing. Busy year. You got a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Well, thanks, America. It's Thank been awesome. You, Scott. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course.